We need a catchphrase. I have a catchphrase. Okay, you got it? I do. This week, I I came prepared 100%. I'm not stalling at all. Okay, I believe you. Okay, great. So my catchphrase is this. Say our name. Dumb comic creators. Keepers of the light, protectors of the darkness. Your one-stop shop for all things podcasts about comics. That's it's so, long, but it's great. It's, it's super long, epic. It's, yeah, I, I think it's too epic. One might say we're giving people false hope. Protectors of the light, keepers of the darkness. I'm not gonna lie. One stop shop. I, for, for one, welcome comics. our alien overlords, <laughs> <laughs> and I would embrace them wholeheartedly. I would be the worst person. I would be the turncoat. It sounds like we're going on a quest, doesn't it? Like yes, it does. But then people will feel like they're questing with us, you know? Yeah, they feel safe, except for with me, because I'd be like, uh, <laughs> sold you guys all out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're the worst D&D players of all time, I think. Uh, oh, yes. We, yeah, we, the, the we both, story, yes. I don't know if it's worth telling the whole story right now. Maybe at the end of the episode. Come back at the end of the episode, listeners. We'll tell the story. We can tell uh, how we got banned from like the one D and D session we ever did because yeah. Let's introduce the podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my name's Eric Schwartz. What's your name? Keegan Shiner. And together we are podcasting. Yep. No. Yep. It's always no. funny. It's great. It's never been funny. I yep. hate it every time, and it makes me die a little. They inside. clicked on our podcast. They know the name of our podcast. Okay. Do they? We're dumb comic creators. Mm-hmm. Keepers of the light, protectors of the darkness. Mm-hmm. Too epic. One stop shop. It's too much. Podcasts. We're promising people like Seven Eleven hours while giving them gourmet food. <laughs> it just okay. can't be done. Okay, fine. Uh, and our, all right, let's move on. Not our worst intro, I will say. Actually, probably one of our better ones. We didn't hate each other that's halfway true. through. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We weren't ready to like, you know, like choke each other through the screen. So I see that's a positive for us. Cool. We, we have two uh, great guests today. We have Sean Francisco, AKA Sean French, and Steve Marco, half of the Polo Brothers. Wow. I thought you stopped that bit where you said our guest names wrong. No, there's never, it's never been a bit. It's always been accidental. Our guests, Sean French <laughs> and Steve Mardo, are two professional comic book creators. Oh, I, I said it artists. wrong. I didn't even realize I said it wrong. I actually got, thought I got it right that time. Okay. Yeah, no, you said it wrong. I said it wrong. And then you went on like you didn't say it wrong. I thought I got it right. You did not. You I got the first he... one right and the second one wrong. No, right? I got them both wrong. I call him Sean Francisco. His name's Sean French. Uh, so, how are you guys? <laughs> Doing well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, they didn't leave. Uh, much, much, much better than the intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was overconfident. Well, that was, that, was, that um... ended up being the worst one. Uh, <laughs> you guys are coming out with a new comic called "Tales from the Fantastical Crimes Unit." Um, it's connected to epic tavern which is a video game uh so my first question obviously is how are you guys connected to the video game company that uh is that game out yet it's in early release right uh yeah uh epic tavern is made by uh hyperkinetic studios um it's an early access on steam and anywhere else you get pc games um i've been the lead writer of epic tavern for the last four years 
Oh, wow. So I've been writing stories in, in the story world for a long time now. And we just had this built up this giant mountain of, of narrative content. And uh, on the side, I've been editing comics for uh, the Black Caravan imprint uh, through Scout Comics. So I edited a whole bunch of comics through them. And I kind of saw that some of those books were performing well. And there was kind of a good opportunity and I already had a foot in the door there. So doing an adaptation of the game that I was already writing, um, it just seemed like a, you know, just a perfect opportunity. Wow, that's great. Yeah, you can see uh, when I was reading it, I even thought like the first, like that big spread with all the creatures felt like a, like sort of this video game atmosphere where like you, you go on to, to the server, you know, and there's all those like everyone else's avatar is there, you know, that's kind of what it looks, looks like. Um, right, Eric? Yeah, like the loading screen before like uh, your epic game starts or your massive fight. <laughs> where like you're like just punching each other in the face or everyone's got the swords out, they're hitting each other for unlimited damage because you can't die. <laughs> yeah, and how many characters are in that at Double Splash, Steve? Uh, there's about 150 characters oh, wow. uh, in that, which I which started off as probably maybe 50, 50 characters, I think. And then I just kind of randomly kept drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing. Well, I think and, the um, script mentioned like 11. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, 11. and then you just went crazy. And just like, well, I'm going to have two pages. So I'm just going to yeah. go nuts and, and fill the lobby scene of, and kind of turn it into this kind of men in blackish sort of madness. Oh, yeah. above and beyond yeah i definitely see the man in black I... yeah that's that's awesome that's yeah. an awesome connection how did you connect to that yeah how did you two guys meet uh like and start working together too well uh, we met oh want to go okay. um well we met um actually we've never actually physically met <laughs> we've been doing this on online we've been you know met messaging each other but um we originally met through uh, Joe Schmalky, uh, who who writes um, uh, uh, Electric Black and uh, draws Electric Black, he also does Murder Hobo, a bunch of other. He's basically one of the publishers for uh, Black Caravan. Um, Sean's known, I think Sean, you've known him for a long time, right? Yes. Yeah, I've been yeah. I've been editing all this stuff for for quite a while. Yeah. And he recommended Steve, and, and, um, and I've known Joe for a few years. Yeah, when, when, when we decided, to, when I first started talking about Joe, about the possibility of doing an Epic Tavern comic, uh, Steve Marta was the first person he recommended. And uh, I went and, you know, started looking at his stuff. And there was a piece that, that, uh, that Steve had done uh, with Steve Levine. Steve Levine had colored it. Uh, and I just love the look of it so much. And the, 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 the way that their inks and colors played together, I just thought it was wonderful. Um, but because I'm working for this game studio and I, I have to go back to them with, you know, having done due diligence, I, I, that was like the first thing I saw that I loved. I'm like, well, that's the look I want. And then I spend like seven weeks <laughs> researching other artists just so I can, you know, bring back and, okay, well, there, there's different things. And it ultimately came back to what I knew from the start, you know, oh, and cool. it, it's turned out great. Yeah. Actually, the, the, what, <laughs> your artwork you is just gorgeous in this book, dude. What, what what you didn't know is that sh is that Sean picked like the worst artist he could possibly find. <laughs> he was like people with crayons and stuff, and he was just like, "This is this is this is the guy." And everyone's like, "What?" Okay. Dude, I assume he does what everyone does—the blind dart method, where they close their eyes, yeah, the dart the wall. 
there you go. Laid it on Steve. Yeah, he was, he was, he was, yeah. He just found like clip art from like uh, <laughs> on Google and was like, this is the guy we get to hire. And they were like, nah, Sean, are you okay? And then you turn, yeah. It's, it's, it was his on, whole ploy. That guy on Fiverr who takes pictures and then converts it to the line art. Yeah. Yep. And, that's that's, that's the your guy, comic. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. He was busy, unfortunately. <laughs> so we called Steve. And now he was busy. <laughs> <laughs> he was too busy. He's like, I can't. I got all these, all these photos. I gotta. Halloween's coming. Over. It's a busy season. I went to budget. all the middle schools, and all the kids said no. So I had to go with yep. Steve. Well, a lot of them are closed with COVID, so yeah. they aren't programs. You can't get the middle school kids like you normally could. Yeah. Um. So yeah. <laughs> the the internship. The exactly. Unpaid internship. <laughs> it rolled downhill. It's, it's for college credits. <laughs> For co- it's for college credits. Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah. When you're in third grade, it's for college credits. Yeah. No, but thank you, thank you, Sean. Um, no, yeah, no, we we um when when me when we connected to, um, I I've said this on on some other things too is that, um, I I, I I'm a big fan of like comedy and stuff like that, and I'm I, I like serious comics and stuff like that, but I I tend to go towards more towards the goofy stuff, and um one of the things that when Sean did this really brilliant thing when when he was describing the characters, he would write a little blurb about them, but then he little um, pictures um, like for reference. And one of the uh, the main character of uh, Victor Marshall, he put um, a picture of Frank Drebin from uh, the Naked Gun and Police Squad. <laughs> and when he did that, I was like, oh, okay, Leslie Nielsen, I get it. Like, this, yeah. he's, I get where this is going and like how this is going to be. This is going to be some sort of, even though it does have its very serious moments and it has like its its, it's heart wrenching moments, it's it's got this little goofy quest in it that's actually um, that really kind of uh, stuck with me, especially after I read it. And the the, the script is amazing, and uh, what they've done with all the characters is, um, I'm glad I could just like be in sync with them because I know that can be very very tough when working on a project. Um, I mean, I think as artists and writers and everything, we've always worked on projects and we kind of wanted to, you know, wholeheartedly go into the project. But then as you kind of go down that rabbit hole, you kind of like, maybe this isn't, um, this just hit the nail on the head. And I don't know, they, they, uh, everything about this was something that I didn't even know I wanted to do. And uh, it's just been amazing. Well, there's, I think there's something inherently funny about a character who is just determined to be deadly serious in a situation <laughs> that's just chaos and bedlam, and they just like yes. won't acknowledge it. They're trying to, you know, like Victor Marshall, the lead uh, detective in, in the story, <laughs> is is trying so hard to be this cool noir detective, yeah. But everything around him is is just bedlam, um, and it's just such a fun place to kind of, you know, story space to play in. Yeah, it reminds me of like an old cracked bit, you know, like one of those old cracked, <laughs> uh, like where they had like the very serious comics, but uh, yeah, um, like there's a specific one where like it's like this guy is like going to work, but like around him, like all these action scenes happening. I don't know, <laughs> you guys probably, oh, know. I know, you know, I oh, I know, I know, I, I was. I was I was a big cracked and mad fan growing up, um, and and yeah, Matt, yeah. especially for me, a lot a yeah. lot of that stuff was just yeah, like I love when they used to do the the, the parodies of the movies and stuff like that. That was just like for me, that was like 
oh man, these guys can draw anybody. And they're drawing like Michael Keaton being Batman, but he's like, you know, I forgot what it was. And it was just like, you know, he's, he's not, he's doing dumb stuff and smashing into walls. But yeah, no. And, but, but we, 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 we definitely have our little moments in there. And I know that Sean and everybody, you know, and um, they all kind of, uh, gut that I put in the book because there's there's quite a bit of them. Um, oh, <laughs> since and I was kind of like I want to uh, like let me do this. Steve, stuff. hold on, uh, and, you're, uh, you're kind of cutting in and out. Um, cut a little bit out. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Could you say that one again? Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, so what I was going to say was is basically when we were doing this, um, I put a lot of gags just on my own in there, and I was just hoping that you know they would kind of like them and, 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 and uh, gravitate towards them, towards the kind of humor that I was putting in there. And Sean definitely was like, yep, we're keeping that. That's going in there. You know, I was like, oh, I, I can take that out if you want to. And they're like, no, no, you know, we'll put that in. So like, you know, we, we did that. And I think that's what kind of makes this book pretty special is that uh, I think we kind of, um, we both kind of are on that same wavelength uh, with this story. So that brings me to Sean. Uh, you you've been writing for a video game. Is this like directly tied to the the game, or is it sort of loosely based on the same uh, worlds? You know, yeah, it, or... it's not a, a straight adaptation um, okay. because while running a medieval tavern is is a great setup for a video game, not yeah. a great premise for a comic. <laughs> um, so we didn't want to do a straight adaptation. We also didn't want to do something where you had to know about the game to enjoy the comic. We wanted it to completely be its own thing. Okay. So basically what, what I did is, you know, we had 160 playable heroes for Epic Tavern and hundreds of quests and thousands of encounters and everything. And I just kind of sorted through it and built something new out of the pieces. So anybody okay. who's played the game is going to recognize the locations, going to recognize all the characters and that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. But it's not a direct translation of anything from Epic Tavern. It's a, right. it's a brand new thing built out of a lot of the same pieces. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense because at the end of the ash can that you sent us, it was, you know, there's the link to the game and I was like, the game does not look or like feel anything like the noir comic that we just read with all these characters, but it, it it's cool that they're like connected in the world, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. That's like then, really cool world building. And then we've, got, we've loved that the, uh, uh Steve's art so much that one of the things we're looking into doing now is bringing some of his artwork directly into the game as well, whether it'll be, you know, like a pop-up to introduce, because now we've got, you know, we have location artwork, you know, we have, we have artwork of all these characters and stuff. So we're going to find some ways to, to use some of the comic book panels in the game. Wow. That's cool. cool. So um, also Sean, when you, so you wrote this as like kind of this hard nosed film noir characters in her dialogue i mean it's almost cookie cutter uh which is cool because people do this with film noir a lot they like introduce a new there was that new movie that just came out with um uh i i forget the actor but it was it was not very good but it took place in the future and with the 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 floods and everything did you see it on hbo anyone bueller <laughs> no not sure no okay I'll look oh, it Ferris, up while I'm talking. Ferris Bueller, twenty forty nine. Yeah, no. Is that um, it? Oh no, okay. I mean, but it, it's <laughs> like a, let me get to the question, I guess. Uh, 
what what is your connection to film noir and or or like that kind of character and and like what how how did you come to that inspiration for this comic? Um, you know, the the direct inspiration for for Victor Marshall and the uh, the uh, kind of the vibe of the story uh, are the Philip Marlowe the HBO series with Powers Booth from the eighties. I watched that as a lot as a kid for some strange reason. It was just always on. Um, so I have these very vivid memories. And as I started writing the script, I went back and uh, would just have those kind of looping in the background while I was writing them uh, to get a feel for the, because it's a very uh, particular rhythm to the, the speech patterns. Um, yeah. And Victor Marshall very closely kind of follows the speech patterns of a, of a Philip Marlowe. Um, and then the other big influence was that, you know, the Naked Gun, the squad, you know, the Frank Drebin, which is, again, just a character who's just trying so hard to <laughs> to be the deadly serious hero and just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't call me Shirley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, and really, I think it was just that uh, the reason we ended up on that one is that of all the storylines in Epic Tavern, it was the one that lent itself best to a comic. Uh, into to a monster of the week where every issue is one case that you tell start to finish you could really you know pick up any issue in any order and get a complete story um you know which i, I think was an important thing to do with a comic uh you certainly have more flexibility there than if it's a running series because then if something goes wrong with it you don't get to reach the end of it then mm. it, it's an unsatisfying experience but if you make each one of them its own uh, you know, it's its own experience start to finish, then however many you end up making is the right amount. Yeah. And 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 the more and more I was working on the book too, um, I just fell in love with the script and the characters. Like I didn't know really anything about the game uh before I jumped on and they gave me like a little pass to play the game and I started playing it and I was like, oh this is really fun. Like this is a really, really fun game. And then when I got the script from Sean it was like, oh, I'm, I'm all in because, um, like, I get where they're going. I get this world. I get, um, you know, the, the, the script was just, I, I thought it was very, very funny and very amazing uh, for what uh, they, for all the, the information that's in there and how Sean kind of chops it up, very digestible. Um, and I think that can be tough because either I noticed in a lot of comic books lately, you're either like a slow burn or you're, you know, wrapping it up in like 20 pages. And with Sean, he's got, it's, it's that monster of the week kind of thing, but it's, there's so much more to it and it leads into other things, which I'm sure, you know, when the book comes out, people will see that. Yeah. Well, avoiding the, the trap of a slow first issue was a really important thing to me. Um, yeah. And in my last series, uh, Escape from Jesus Island, uh, there was so much backstory that we had to convey that it was really like, uh, we ended up doing the first issue was just a kind of cold open story to establish the location. And then the second issue, like nine pages at the beginning was kind of this Douglas Adams in the beginning, sort of, you know, sprawl oh, no. that covered 2000 years of, of backstory before leading up. So it took like an issue and a half to even get into the main story. Oh, so I wow. swore I wasn't going to do that again. Uh, we were just going to jump in and, uh, you know, have a story ready to go and, you know, and, and have it be a, a satisfying start to finish right in the first issue. Yeah. Yeah, it does that. Uh, it, it, 
it's off to a great start. I mean, like uh, oh, when, you, you. when you and and it, I think because you framed it as a film noir, I I was comfortable in the story. Like even though it was all this craziness happening around him, like that frame gives the reader, at least for me, it gave me like a, a safety net. You know, um, kind of knowing what was gonna, what was happening and what was gonna come. Eric, what do you think? I, I thought that you definitely just like open up right away. You literally open up into this entire new world because you go from like medieval poor time with people singing or playing instruments in the background. And then the first <laughs> thing he does is he opens these doors and you see like this crazy world, a girl flying on a carpet, a man mooning uh, while holding a, a balloon. I mean, like just this crazy world, like, all right, this is not what I was expecting, but it's awesome nonetheless. Um, really cool, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. It just kind of keeps on going. Reminiscence. It had uh, Hugh Jackman. Did anyone see I, that? I did not see that film. And well, it I heard was, it was terrible. Yeah, that's why I did not terrible. see that film. It's really bad. I I didn't finish it. Uh, but so it, why would you bring it up to us? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know this horrible film, this horrible idea? Doesn't that sound great? What, no, what, it doesn't. I mean, one thing, what was interesting was the world in that film. The world was really, really well built and well crafted and like had an interesting, like they don't go out during the day. They do everything at night, you know, because the sun is too hot. And, it, you know, it was just well done. That was well done. And the train, the train goes like over tracks, but the tracks are like covered in water. You know, that was really? cool. Yeah. Uh, how was your guys like uh, back and forth while working on this? Because... Yeah. As you point, as Sean said earlier, you were chosen uh, by Dartboard cool and Lee cool and, and, and Phyllis <laughs> in middle school. So, like, how, like, was it? Like, I'm sure, like, compared to other stuff you worked on, because you guys have both worked on comics separately, was it different than anything else, or well, was it done better? It was. It was kind of like the the Hugh Jackman movie, uh, reminiscent. <laughs> where, exactly like that. Uh, it was done with water. <laughs> where we had to. <laughs> walk on train tracks on in water um no i i mean i mean uh sean you wanna you wanna start this off because you seem to it, it all starts with sean yeah i mean um you know it's it, <laughs> I, I think our relationship in terms of the back and forth uh in the way that we work i think we're much looser than uh a lot of writer artist combinations uh, my, my scripts are very loose the, uh, mm -hmm. he always has free reign to redo the panels any way he wants. Oh. As long as the beats of the story are there, as, as long as I can do the moments that are, that are key, however he wants to break down the page, he'll do. And then I'll do, I do extensive rewrites as soon as the art comes in anyway. I do placeholder yeah. letters on the page and oh. I'll spend weeks just moving words around on the page and fine tuning and tweaking stuff. Uh, so I'm completely fine with, uh, if, if the pages come back differently than the way that I'd, I'd broken down. And we get so much good out of that because Steve has a great eye for, uh, you know, pacing and, and how to do things in a visual way. And that's not my area of expertise. That's, that's his. Um, so I, I try and, you know, give him as much creative control uh, over the visual aspects as, as possible. And that seems to work well for both of us. Yeah, and I think too, it's just the fact that we, um, we just have that. I think I think our our minds, 
with this are just set like are linked it, it's yeah. really weird it's really right out of the weird. gate yeah. yeah right out of the gate like when i first started talking to sean uh i was just like okay like i get the, you know this guy i feel like i've known him for for a while now like even though i've only been talking to him for like you know you know 15 minutes or whatever and um it everything just clicked and then from there we kind of i would send him little notes or i would send him little drawings and stuff like that and he would be like yep that's exactly how i kind of pictured it or or he'd say oh well i pitched it another way but this one works better and there was a lot and, of that you know, actually yeah. yeah and 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 i was just really happy that we could um work like that together because i know sometimes it can be the uh, a writer can have a different visual narrative <clears throat> than an artist. And I think that, uh, you know, sometimes you get people who they want as, as, as a writer and I get it, like, it's almost like a dream. You want to have everything in there, but when you put it on a piece of paper, it's a totally different animal. You, you can't, you have to kind of, you know, weed out the things that don't matter. And, uh, which is kind of, you know, uh, <laughs> looking at my artwork doesn't really uh, make too much sense but um <laughs> it, it doesn't it leave out a whole I lot put, of that I throw like the whole kitchen right sink in there yeah I, I put a lot of, I put the kitchen sink in there but um but I think I think storytelling wise we just we really hit it off and um man it's been it's been like I I can't I really can't you know say how 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 it's just been this awesome experience um even even like with uh steve levine who's our colorist uh he's one of the original ninja turtle color he is the original ninja turtle colorist okay. um and and he is and he's just a great guy and he just kind of went in there did his thing and it came together and we also have a, an amazing a letter rob jones yeah he's who's great. done who's done work on on books that i've done in the past my own stuff that i published and uh, it's you know it's funny how people are like it's really tough to find a, a good letterer and stuff like that and how it's an art form and when you start looking at books it really is yeah. and he's just such a great designer and he just you know just a, a, a solid dude and just amazing in terms work, of like, so you know improvement in the look of your book per dollar spent you can't do much better than hiring a good letterist. I mean, yeah. it's not super expensive and it drastically changes. There's so many people who just letter their own books because it's, okay. you know, and, and I do, you know, I, I like like I said, when pages come in, I, I've got a lettering program and I go and I, I make my own there, but then I throw them away and have the real person <laughs> do it when I'm done. You know, I don't show those to people. I've, I've, I've lettered my own books in the past because I was just like, oh, well, I can do it. It's easy. All you do is just put a balloon hair and blah, blah, blah. And then, you go and you're like, wow, this looks like garbage. Like, like <laughs> I, I suck. And then, yeah. and uh, once you get somebody who really knows what they're doing, I think you know they they are they are totally. Uh, once you get a good letter, you have to keep them. You know, so that's that's my advice. Yeah, Russell, yeah, great. I, 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 the same thing I recommend wants to letter. Yeah, same thing happened to me. I, I I am a graphic designer as well, and like tried the letter and ended up paying someone so uh, <laughs> wait uh, so I, I did have a question you guys are both very experienced in comic books um what how did this project differ working together creatively or uh 
just your own personal side, like the art or the, or the writing, like how did it differ from like your first project? Uh, it, it helped that I, I wasn't completely clueless this time. That was nice. <laughs> uh, I, you know, the, the first comic that I wrote was uh, also the first comic that I'd ever worked on. Yeah. What, and, well, sorry to interrupt you, but one might say you were not a dumb comic creator. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even to, to that point yet. I, I didn't know anything. Uh, the artist of, of Escape from Jesus Island really had to carry me through that entire process. Oh. Um, he was more experienced. Mortimer Glom, whose artwork is amazing. Um, so I was kind of, you know, uh, providing what he would need to draw it and then kind of learning the process to go. Uh, this that was 10 years ago when we did that first one, uh, when we did Jesus Island. And in that time since then, I've edited probably 150 comics. Mm -hmm. So I've had some time to kind of study the medium now and, and get a feel for how it actually works. And uh, that, that has certainly made it much better. Um, I, I think Steve has had to do less bailing out of my scripts than Mortimer did, certainly. <laughs> no, I... I, I... I think that the script that yeah. the, the great thing too, I think is that you said is that the guys at uh, the other people at hyperkinetic also kind of, you have a couple of other eyes on it. I, and that's what also I think helps out a lot because you have other people who are visual. I mean, uh, who are, who are, you know, um, game creators kind of helping you out in that sense. But I mean, what you sent to me was just pure gold. Um, I know in my, in my, uh, my experiences, um, you know, I went, to, I spent a lot of years in, in, uh, in art school, um, trying to figure out, um, trying to figure out a lot of things. And, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. And, and I, and I, I, I tried to, I was one of those people that when I was you know, a teenager, I was like, Oh, I'm going to work for Marvel and blah, blah, cause I'm so good. And, uh, I wasn't, and I sucked. And, um, it took a lot of just learning and doing um and i had some really amazing instructors um who helped me uh with my visual narrative language um i had guys that you know were editors i, I went to i went to um school of visual arts for a little while and i ended up getting my uh, bachelor's in uh illustration at uh mass art in boston mass art okay. um but yeah but i but i had a, a um when i was at school of visual arts i had some guys that were editors for Marvel and um, artists and stuff like that. They were, you know, practicing uh, cartoonists. And that was just amazing. Like the stuff that I learned, because you realize just how much suck. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and you kind of have to, you know, let that sink in and say, well, I have to get better. And I've always been somebody who's tried really hard to be good at my craft. Like if I, I, I always said, if I'm going to do this for a living, I want to try to be as good as I can be at it. Um, so, you know, it only took about like, you know, 20 years uh, okay. to get there, but. Okay. There's but, still um, we both. <laughs> you know, my first full-time job writing video games, which was my childhood dream, uh, came at age 45. There you go. <laughs> you know, yeah. and you mentioned, Steve, I think a good point about, you know, how you, when you were younger, kind of wanting to work for Marvel and, and not kind of realizing that you weren't, you know, uh, there yet man that is that is such a big thing uh when i look back at you know my early 20s and 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 
when I felt like I had no opportunities as a writer. And like, I go back and I read that old work and I'm like, oh, I just wasn't good yet. Oh, mm -hmm. oh, mm -hmm. there, there was no yeah. lack of opportunities. I, I just didn't have the skill set yet. I, was, I yeah. didn't actually, I didn't know how to write. <laughs> so that's probably why I couldn't get work writing. Yeah. I mean, I, the other thing is too, is that I, now that I found my voice, so as an artist and the style that I that in the style do, um, I realized that, you know, maybe my stuff isn't quite the house style kind of stuff. It's a little, it's a little left field. Right. And I'm happy with that. I don't, I don't want to change my stuff up to look like another artist. Um, I'm glad it's kind of weird and out there and, you know, and I'm glad that there's projects like this that come up and, uh, and I can kind of, you know, showcase that, that stuff. Um, you know, I think this is, this is the best, this is one of the best projects I've ever had because I get to just go crazy and draw hundreds of odd, weird, sometimes disgusting things. Um, not, not in bad ways, um, <laughs> but like, you know, you know, I mean, I have in that, in that giant spread, there's like a, a, a golem type character who's riding a, a jellyfish. I mean, that, that's the kind so of much good stuff in that lobby scene. It's it's great. Is that? Uh, but yeah. big, did you draw that by hand, or do you draw it digitally? I do a lot of my stuff, uh, my layouts and stuff digitally, okay. and um, I use a lot of reference and stuff like that too. I, there's tons of pictures of me just in weird poses and stuff. Um, so if I ever die and people see my <laughs> big iPad, it's just me. I'm just like making they unlock weird and faces. it's just like oh, yeah, it's just weird faces and um, but like they don't they don't check and like at your funeral, it's like the slideshow is just like your eye photos and it's just <laughs> just my iCloud photos, just like <laughs> holding like paper paper paper. Uh, As uh, Steve empty. wanted to be remembered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, <laughs> holding up, holding up my my daughter's like Nerf baseball bat, pretending to like, you know, kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, no, um, that's basically it. Yeah, yeah, and that, no, lobby, I, that lobby scene was like forty four by thirty four inches. Is the original? So, yeah, what what I was gonna say was, so I do that, and then I print it all blue line on a piece of paper. I ink everything traditionally. Um, but we, we were, we, we were trying to do it. I was trying to do it as like a double spread and me and Sean were looking at it and we were just like, this is good, but it's, it's not, it's, something's missing. Like all that detail is missing. So, so we ended up making it, um, it's eight, 11 by 17 boards. <laughs> um, so I wish I had the actual thing so it basically takes up the whole one of the walls of my studio when i was drawing it and i kept showing sean the um the yeah the, the pictures of it and and it was just amazing wow. that they, they let us do that and that's that's something too hyperkinetic has been so amazingly pot like all the all this they, they, of course everyone has a little little things that we have to change here and there but they have been such an amazing uh entity to work for on top of the black caravan because they're just like, yeah, you want to do that? Let's do it. Let's make this big giant thing. And, and we'll, you know, at some point we're probably going to make like, you know, uh, prints of it and stuff like that. And hopefully sell them at shows and things oh, like totally. that. But yeah. Yeah. It's, Jigsaw it's, puzzles. It, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Sean, Sean, Sean's already, Sean's already embarked on a jigsaw puzzle. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's so, they've been so supportive of everything that me and Sean have done. And, uh, 
yeah. So, but I, I usually work uh, half digital, half traditional. I like having a physical page too. It's just, just maybe me being old school or whatever, but I like to have that, that nice original page uh, that's like, you know, freshly inked. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, what's good about Hyperkinetic is they're the, a small game studio, uh, <clears throat> but they were founded by senior designers at Treyarch who did like okay. the uh, PlayStation 2 era Spider-Man games. Okay. So they've all worked in the big studio crunch system that, you know, grinds people down to dust and brings in the next batch, you know, with the <laughs> average career length is like three and a half years. It's like lower than the NFL and because they just smash you into paste. But they, because they've been through that and they didn't enjoy it, they went and started their own studio where they get to run things right and actually treat people well. And, you know, and that's yeah. kind of like, the, there's like a sweet spot in video games because it's kind of a famously rough industry. Yeah. But there are a lot of small to mid-sized studios founded by people who got sick of the big system. And they, if anything, go too far in the other direction of trying to make it a good place to work. You know, so they're kind of unreasonably awesome. And hyperkinetic is, is one of those. It's like, could you give me some direction? Uh, <laughs> do you mind if I come to work today? Uh, <laughs> no, they, they, yeah, they, well, they've been awesome. They've been awesome. Even, even I've had some, some back and forth with other people in the studio. Oh, uh, and they've just been I mean, there is just brilliant. They really know what they're doing. And they're such kind people. And um, it's just been really that, that, this this experience, even with Black Caravan too, and uh, all the stuff yeah. they're coming out with. Um, they they just they they've hit a tone too where they are just running with it, and it's 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 like a home run after home run after home run. So I think you know those two teaming up was just like a no brainer. Yeah, well, Black Caravan's figured out something uh, with the with the comic market, um, and and this is the the real issue is that it's especially in indie comics, it's very hard to make money on a $4 book. Uh, but what Black Caravan has kind of figured out yeah. and, and got down to a science now is that um, through store-exclusive variant covers, if you can get, you know, like we're launching with 10 different covers, that you know, certain wow. stores will, will be the only place to get them. Um, you, you can have almost enough sales to get yourself into the black before you even go on sale. So okay. they've actually found a way that as long as you can find <laughs> some stores that are interested in, 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 your, uh, in your title and want to, you know, get 250, 350 copies of something that they commissioned the artist and they're the only place to get it, then oh. you can really kind of hit the ground running and not have to have the risk that you got to fall on your face and lose a bunch of money because you can really mitigate that um, through the, those sort of variant deals. And that was the opportunity that kind of called to me and made me uh, bring this to the studio is that I kind of saw what they were doing there. And some of their books are launching with like 20 covers, which is crazy, you know? So yeah. like even, even coordinating 10 was uh, and th a those are um, those are with different artists drawing the covers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Those are all different artists. Usually what happens is stores will have an artist that they've worked with before. Yeah. Know, that they kind of go to, usually it's someone local who can come in for signings. Mm. Um, so most of the stories that we talked with, uh, you know, had someone in mind. We ended up getting Scott Coldish from Deadpool and a million other things uh, to do a variant cover just for Hyperkinetic Studios that we're going to be the only ones who have that one. 
because we okay. just wanted to kind of have one of our own as well, just because it's cool. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean, it's, just, you know, that's, uh, that's been one of the big appeals of, uh, of so, Scout and Black Caravan. I'm, I'm yeah. curious, they, do they know the artists and then they kind of like pitch um, the shops on which artists they could get or... Um, is it up to you guys as the creators of the book or are they yeah, kind of behind the scenes on that? Yeah, we'll, we'll usually reach out to a store. Uh, what we found it with uh, this time through in Illinois is that most of the stores uh, responded, they were interested, responded with, oh, I'll have this artist do something. That's the, pro that's the usual process they have is they'll have, you know, they, oh. they'll, they'll sort of know who they want to go with. The store will know who they want to go with. Oh, interesting. Um, I thought there was going to be more of kind of trying to line people up and pitch them the right style, but most yeah. of the stories knew who they want. You know, they've got someone that, <laughs> that usually, you know, that does four or five covers a year for them for different titles and stuff, and they've already got a good relationship with them. And Oh, cool. So, yeah, it, a lot of the process kind of runs itself, you know, because the stores have done a bunch of these variant covers. They're savvy with how it works. They have a relationship with Black Caravan. So if you can create something, you know, that looks appealing to them, and uh, it's coming out through an imprint that they've worked with before. It, it's not a tough sell, you know. Yeah. And is and, that and, on and Kickstarter then, or is that just just to the comic shops? No, they just sell them directly through the stores. Oh, cool! Wow, okay. I did not know that. And the other thing is too is that like one of the things that I really love is that how they you know they really put out quality books. You know what I mean? Like I think they kind of had this buzz around them with a lot of the a lot of the titles that they that they have coming out but they're it's not like this flash in the pan kind of thing it's like you know joe and rich who were kind of heading the black caravan label they really want quality stories and good art and stuff like that and um you know i we've been lucky enough to know them and kind of you know work on this project um but i think it's one of those things that they're not they're not looking to just kind of do this and then, you know, get some variants and whatever. They want these books to, you know, be, be really, books. yeah, be, be, be good books that people are going to want to, you know, that people are going to want to read and, and they're going to want to stick, stick to. And, um, and I think they've really been doing that. And that's another appealing thing to the, to the, to the Black Caravan um, imprint is that it's like, it's a quality, it's a quality product you're getting, you know, just getting like, Oh well, we know this guy who kind of has a Superman wannabe guy, <laughs> and you know it, it could work. Let's try it. It's he's like invincible, like, right? He's yeah, invincible. exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's yeah, an and, and they reject guy. a lot of good titles. You know, I I edit for for Black Caravan and, and have been since they started. Um, and I see some of the. Sometimes they'll send me over, you know, some of the pitches they get, they're, the books they're considering, and I'm like, well, of course they're gonna take it. Like, no. Uh, you know, so they're, 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 you know, they, they try to limit themselves to, you know, I, I think uh, two new number ones per quarter or something like that. They've got, they've, they've got like kind of a strict limit on, on how, how quickly they expand, which is good too. Yeah. Because if they oversaturate, then, um, then suddenly each of those titles can't get yeah. the variant deals with stores. And now oh, they yeah. all start suffering and, and this kind of great situation right now gets too dispersed and stops being a good scene but right now it's a good setup um that that's my next question are you guys already working on book two um yeah are you are you on a monthly or is it like quarterly or do you have like timelines or 
like a like a big big publishing well, company might expect or is this kind well, of like well, a well we do have a story arc for this sean is okay. sean's definitely got a story arc for this and we i literally actually just before just before this this just before we started this i actually sent him over a layouts yeah. for a good portion of the second issue so oh, cool. um we are on our way and we had to do we had to do like some new character designs for some of the new characters that are going to be in the second um the, the second issue i'm very excited for the second issue i mean yeah me too the first, <laughs> the first one hasn't come isn't out yet but i mean that's um, like the nature of the industry is like you're always working on the next thing that you know. yeah yeah and yeah and and the I second think... issue is, is more of a direct adaptation of an epic tavern quest and it's oh, one that just lends itself really well to a comic uh it, it's where the agents are sent uh inside a nightmare to stop an agent uh, an assassin who's killing agents in their sleep. So much of the actual issue takes place inside the nightmare of, of the captain of the Fantastical Crimes Unit while another assassin is in there trying to kill them. Oh, cool. So you're, giving, you're giving too much away, There's, there's so much, much visual <laughs> fodder uh, to work with there. You know, I, I just can't wait to see it. He's like, he's like, and by the way, in, 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 in issue three, this is going to happen. <laughs> they all die. Four, and, oh, yeah. <laughs> And here's the twist that no one saw coming. <laughs> now, no, yeah, yeah, that's the thing that's really gonna that's really gonna make it separate from everybody else. Is this blah 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 blah? And then yeah, yeah. Look, Thanks, Sean. It, Thanks a lot, Sean. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but was it different, like, to write? Like, I obviously it's different, but like, is it harder or easier, just different to write for a video game storyline compared to a comic, or just? Uh, uh, I experience apples to oranges. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of like a, you know, apples to yak. So if it's not even, they're not even. Yeah, they're they're different. Uh, there's, well, I've never heard with, that before. With, with video games, it's yeah. not. Uh, it's not. In, in in deciding how to adapt the game, it wasn't just deciding which characters and which storylines and everything, because in in a video game there are infinite variations of every storyline too. So, like one of the lead characters in in the comic is Amelia Mortalis, who's a uh, idealistic young necromancer who only reanimates animals, um, and she's kind of this great foil to to Victor, and, and you know annoys him with her sweet naivety and 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 that sort of thing. Um, but in the video game, if you uh, fail when you meet Amelia to befriend her, she becomes one of the big bads. Uh, you know, so it's oh, it's. Okay. It, when you're writing a game, everything that can happen does. You you write every eventuality. You write you know <laughs> each character as the hero and as the villain and as the you know it, it's just a crazy web of of possibilities and stuff. And the big thing with going to a uh, to a comic was having to limit myself to one timeline. To kind of one, Just to a yeah. single version of each character and a single set of things that happen after being used to games for so long is uh, kind of, kind of, in, in some ways limiting and in other ways liberating, because right. I don't have to solve every problem <laughs> simultaneously. <laughs> Good question. Uh, yeah. yeah, and, and yeah. hopefully, and hopefully, I made it. Hopefully, I made it a little easier for you, you too. Did. With the, with the narrative and, and throwing, I, I did throw a bunch of characters in there that, that now apparently are going to uh, 
future issues that weren't before. <laughs> oh yeah, there there are definitely moments from so, the comics that I'm just that I'm just straight up uh, stealing and writing into the game. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, this this plays out better in the comic than it did yeah. in the game, so I'm just gonna rewrite that. Oh, oh Jimmy, this is a great idea. I'm taking it, but it was a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is so good, it's mine now. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this has thank been you. really interesting and a learning experience and uh, fun. Your comic is really funny. I, I can't wait to read the whole thing. Um, Where can they find you guys or yeah. our listeners? Uh, you can look up uh, where uh, Tales from the Fantastical Crimes Unit has a, a Facebook fan page. Epic Tavern is on all the social media channels. Uh, we stream development on Epic Tavern on Twitch, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You can find us on there. Uh, we do a dev chat Thursdays on Discord. That is uh, myself and Tomo Moriwaki, who is the creative director of Spider-Man 2. And we oh, just cool. sit for an hour and answer questions about game design with anybody who shows up. <laughs> so if you have, have an interest in, in game design or writing or any sort of storytelling, that's uh, a great opportunity to come in. It's a small group. It's usually only a half dozen of us. and. Uh, you just answer any questions you have. Very cool. Where can people find you, Steve? And I am at Steve Motto Art on all of the wonderful social media platforms like Twitter and Instagram and now Facebook. Um, so you can kind of check out my stuff there. Um, I I try my best to update, <laughs> um, but it, and and a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of um, Epic Tavern, the second issue. We're going to start putting out some of that work and some of the the, the character signs in there very soon. So if there's a real book, uh, check out my stuff and you can see some of the uh, things to come. And when does the book actually come out? October 27th is okay. the uh, <clears throat> scheduled drop date. Cool. Okay. Great. Well, uh, yeah, thanks again. And uh, good luck with your... With the with the drop, yeah. And I want I want a poster. Honestly, I want a poster of that of that spread. Right. Oh, we're we're yeah, we're gonna. That's 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 a that's a priority for us. We're we're gonna try to do what we can and either put it up at you know I don't know how if I could put it on my shop or uh, through Scout or through Epic. I don't know. We'll figure out we're, something. We may do some of both. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well. Bye. Thank you so much to Sean and Steve uh, for coming on again. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Thanks, Steve. Mm -hmm. Mr. Marco Polo and Mr. Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> thanks for their name, last name's wrong again. Oh, <laughs> French and Mardo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. French and Mardo. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, so, yeah. Deacon, I have a question for you. Okay. Have you read any comic books lately? Uh, yeah, we read the comic book by last week's guest, Space Art Macy. Space Art Macy, yep. She gave us uh, some great comics, uh, some blob comics. But the comic I want to talk to you guys about is more, um, was the Windows one. Windows, okay. Yep. Wait, does she go by Macy? She had her half birthday by me. She does a, 
She we went she goes by, by Macy. She Macy, goes by yeah. Macy. But she her her like pen name was Mabe, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it was. Okay. I just didn't want to like be like, uh thanks, Gabrielle, you know. <laughs> thanks, Georgina. Yeah, no, it's Macy. Okay. Macy. And she's in on Instagram, Space Art Macy, and um also helps run co-runs know nothing magazine or know nothing zine know nothing zine.com mm-hmm. okay cool so windows is one of her comics and it was a series it was a series of instagram comics so if you want to find them you can find them on her instagram page mm-hmm. um, but she sent us a pdf so yeah so we're going to use the pdf yeah, we're um, gonna talk about it as like a series, as like yeah. a whole. As like it was all separate, so you could keep them as separate things, or you can put them all together, and we're gonna treat it as if it's just one giant comic put together. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about Windows. What is it? So, Windows is it seems to be like just thoughts on her life, but she does it in such a way that um, there's four different windows. Like you have like there's one in each there's one up or one to the top left one to the top right one to the bottom left one to the bottom right and they go like they each feature different colors that's the main thing so blue red yellow green and it's just like kind of thoughts about her life and just things that she's gone through places where she's been and places where she's going okay so it's not about a computer no it's not about a computer Although it does like those four colors are the Windows logo, right? Yeah, they are. That's how I think she. That's why it says Windows. Like she uses like that as like kind of like a way. Yeah, to, like, red, red, green, blue, yellow. So mm-hmm. okay, cool. Yeah, they are the win- the Windows. Yep. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. So as an example, why don't you just like read the first one? Okay. Uh, so probably the first one, which is probably my favorite one of all of them was her saying, I'm not afraid of dying or what's on the other side. I'm more afraid of living a very useless life. I just kind of thought that was like a yeah, very- Yeah, so we're, we're kind of talking about story right now. Okay. If we're going point by point, right? Yeah. So like story-wise, like, is there a story or what? what's here? It's her like just like life. It's kind of like, um, so like the, the TV show I'm watching right now is called Scenes from a Marriage, which is on HBO. And it's not like, and they're not like, you get like different like blips of their life, but it's not like a full complete story. You're not going from A, all the like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and N, E, H. It's like you have A, then you have uh, or not I, because that's not things that's A, then you got D, <laughs> you got G, and then like you might go back A, I, O, U. Wait, yeah. So it's kind of like, it kind of like hits blips of her life. But it's not like a continuous story from beginning to end. It's not like her coming. It's not like her starting from the think, beginning. I mean, I don't think there's any narrative. Yeah, or, not really. Or timeline here. It's yeah. more like a poem is what yes. I was thinking. It's a okay. good way of putting it. It's an illustrated poem. Okay. Okay, cool. And then, like, how do the words interact with the pictures? Or do they? Um, the words are only within each window. And you kind of... And so... Each window kind of like has like, it's just, or each window, um, or each, the words are, con- <laughs> is this too deep for you? Eric? This is too deep. I'm having a mental breakdown. Uh, 
Okay, that's why I was trying to focus on just the first comic. So like if panel one is I'm not afraid of dying, it's yellow and it's just a face yeah. with no nose. Uh-huh. So it almost looks like uh, the face has melted already, right? Like a snowman. Yeah, like the person's like the person's like I you see the person's dying, she's ready to die, she's or has died because there's no nose. Died. It's melted. Yeah, it's it's yeah. melted. Um and then they have a picture next one's a picture of a door and on the carpets uh up below the door is or what's afraid on the other side. So you know kind of like you're opening the door to the next thing to quote okay. um a closing time. Okay. Uh and what's what's the third panel is I'm more afraid of living and I'm more and afraid. Like, it's There's just a, a picture, picture of, of a, sweater. a sweater. Why why a sweater, do you think? Well, because like if you're wearing a sweater, it means that you're, you know, uh like living. Like you don't wear a sweater. You wear a sweater because you want to be warm because you want to stay comfortable. If you weren't wearing a sweater, you would like, you know, be it's not something's gonna stay cold. <laughs> you'd be cold, but you're not gonna die, you're just gonna feel uncomfortable. Okay. And a very useless Jesus. life is the and, end. And it's a picture, it's a couch and a TV. And I guess the point is that um, people waste away their lives just watching TV and doing nothing at night. Or listening to podcasts. Yeah. No, uh, not listening <laughs> to podcasts. Podcasts, okay. specifically certain podcasts, are not a waste of time. <laughs> All right, true. Uh, if you say I so. I, yeah. I think they are. Uh, so why was this your favorite page of the whole comic? You told me it before we kind of started. Yeah. Um. I just think it kind of says just like kind of like how I feel too that like, um, if I were to die, I'd want people to remember me fondly that like I actually made someone's life better or made like someone's life easier. Because when I'm dead, I'm dead. I don't like even if I so like if there's a heaven or hell, cool. But if there's not, I'm not gonna know I'm dead. I'll be dead. It's unfortunate. I mean, okay. So. So, did the pictures help you, or was it the words, or was it the colors? I thought it was the words more than anything. The colors I thought were cool too, okay. um, but like the first two pictures uh, made like it made sense. The second two pictures, like the sweater, I was digging for air, <laughs> um, and I came <laughs> up short. Okay, um, yeah. good to know. And then like the, like the, I guess the fourth picture kind of makes sense too that you don't want to spend your time doing nothing that like people you don't want to spend your life in front of a screen the entire time okay cool uh all right so um yeah so the words kind of like the words in each box relate to the what is it just the words in the box or do the pictures relate to each other or not really Um, i think not really right like i kind of see like each thing is like a sudoku almost like they don't directly relate to each other but they do relate to each other because they affect the rest, everything else. Okay. <coughs> um, cool. So, like, like as far as story, I can't like, I can't read this whole thing for our listeners, right? Yeah. Like, I think we've kind of dissected that the words are working yeah. with the pictures to kind of drive home the point of like each page, you know, or like, or like sort of the motif at least. Um, Let's talk about the art then, right? So, yeah. like, what what did you think about the art? Or what I, is the art? Um, the art is just simple pictures. It's not like a full like comic book panel or anything like that, or even like a full comic book picture, like where they show like the superhero flying. It's she takes like one thing and kind of like does it. It's like a mini painting or a mini 
So like each each panel is a is its own illustration. Yeah. With ink done in ink, I think. Yes. And then she says she used watercolors for this as well. Okay. So like, a, yeah. These were watercolor paintings as well. So I thought they were so they were paintings more than they were comic. Well, I, I think they were drawn. For, I would say like my not great experience. It looks like she drew in ink first and then she watercolored. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. Because you can watercolor over some ink, and she definitely yeah. kind of like went around the main parts of her. You can um, watercolor pretty much over everything except for crayon. Crayon is not watercolor. Yeah, and then she might have written the words over the watercolor. Is what mm -hmm. I'm looking at. So. Yeah, that's what I assume I think happens. Okay, cool. But like, yeah, they're pretty simple illustrations, mm -hmm. um, and I think she told us even that she tried to choose kind of mundane or unrelated uh, pictures to each other so that they were like things people would connect with, but yeah. like still kind of fit the words. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then, uh, so that brings us to color. Or inking, there's not really any inking. Inking, so. she did this site overhand. It wasn't like- There's no inking. Oh, yeah. There's no inking. It's, yeah. I mean, it's in ink, but it's, mm -hmm. it's not inked. Yeah. Yeah. What about um, color? Uh, I like the color. I like because I don't think I've ever seen a comic book done by watercolor before. So like for me, it's a new, unique experience. Um, I've seen paintings done by watercolor. I used to draw on watercolor in elementary school. But <laughs> uh, was this as good as your elementary school? Oh, no, this is better. This is okay. Let's okay. be honest. <laughs> as an adult, this is better than what I could do. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. What did you think about the four colors? I thought it was, um, I thought it was interesting, but I don't know if it like it, it didn't take away. I don't know if what it added. Like I thought it was just a. I thought for her it was just a way of just doing it and just kind of making it simple, which is in its own way a great way to show something. Yeah, I think there's two two things I thought about it, it was one like like Instagram is just made up of, of like squares, right? So mm -hmm. these are like four squares. She, I think she separates them into four different pictures on Instagram, yeah. you know? Um, another thing is like, we view everything in windows now, like not just the computer system, but like, like in, in your computer, there are boxes that are yeah. called windows and you're looking at things in those windows all the time. Right. So like, some of some of that is like um, like going back to like what this comic is. It's like her self reflection. So she's technically looking at these windows, like you would look at windows on a computer, right? And examining different ideas. She said, yeah. "Was that?" I mean, <laughs> was no, that because, no, that uh, makes yeah. sense. Well, she even says, "Like here's a collection of accounts I made: four panels, four colors for thoughts that keep me up at night." So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So, um, I, I mean, color-wise, do we need to touch on anything else? Do you think it works that it's the Windows logo? Or like, I, yeah, I do because I think it just okay. separates out. It just separates everything out, so like <clears throat> they don't run into each other, and they know like that each is a separate thought or each separate thing. They're so not I always think, in the same. The Windows logo. No, it's not. Uh, it's not always order. the same order yeah. either. Yeah. Like it's like 
one comedy starts yellow, blue, green, red. Then it goes red, yellow, green, blue, blue, red, yellow, green. Blue, it's always green. those. It's always those colors. Though. It's always those colors, but not necessarily in the same order. But in, in some ways, I think it does still take you back to that idea of like computer windows too. So, which I think is cool. Yeah, a cool like motif. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So, what's the je ne sais quoi? Um, je ne sais quoi is just kind of just like. Like the re- like art is supposed to bring us into the mind of the uh, artist, um, like or say something like that. Like usually, like we'll say something like it may just be like, "I like this video game." They're doing fan art, right? This comic, like it says it. I, I think this one she does a very good job of bringing us into her thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was that? There was that one artist who, like, her art piece was literally like she like took like after like a drug fueled vendor, she literally just brought like her apartment and just did it. Like she, she got so she, she had their used tampons there. Her bed was messed up. Her clothes were thrown around. And um, I was talking to the like I forget what I forget who it was, but I was talking to the security guard there, and he said like for him this was his favorite art piece ever because she literally just literally already supposed to be like kind of like a window into the mind of whoever it was and this was literally just a direct bringing in of that donna cleary does that ring a bell yes who it probably is okay donna cleary let me see yeah okay that makes sense so um yeah for me uh i think it was the seeing the poem and like and like having that ability to like draw connections between the words to the pictures, to the color, not, not necessarily the color, actually the color didn't connect for me, um, which wasn't a drawback, but cause it like connected the whole comic together. Um, but yeah, like seeing those connections between the words and the objects and the objects and the objects and the words and the words was kind of fun. Um, and I, I liked that, uh, it, it it did like give you that window like you were saying into the artist. Did you find that yet, or no? I think it's done clear. Yeah, I'm just looking. See, yeah, it could be her. It could not be. I don't know. I remember she was. I saw it in England. And it was a while ago. But... Honestly, I, I think a couple people have done that. <clears throat> I don't think that's like. I I think a few people have. Yeah, have done that before. Yeah. it's weird i uh, there were in the in mass mocha there was like an artist who brought his whole like everything that he moved with from the country he immigrated from you know it was like uh you saw that with me we were there yeah. at the same time remember that bed yeah 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 okay so like yeah artists are always doing that kind of thing <laughs> like hey this is all the stuff i have i didn't have time to put together uh a painting <laughs> no i'm joking i know i do uh, i art. do art bits i'm not hating on art yet sorry. here's my art i ran out of time so i just took a game and smashed my head against it <laughs> i'm very good at telling you why yeah I'm tell you good. why I'll let me sell uh, like yeah let's reel it back let's, let's reel it back, back. <laughs> uh cool so on a on a scale between uh windows dos to uh, Windows 11 beta, what do you give this comic? 
I give this um, Windows XP. Uh, <laughs> I think like it's useful. I don't have to close Windows to like play my video games like you did at Microsoft three point one. Um, <laughs> but like, it's not like the next. It's not going to be. It's not for billions of people. It's not everyone's cup of tea. Okay. Cool. So okay. Um, on a scale of sitting in yellow snow. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, to being able to to string together great poetry uh, on, on a moment's notice. It's me like spout. You mean like, yeah, like, me like you, say you, words? Like, you're, you're 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 now the top slam poet in the world. Okay. What would you rate this as? I I would give this like I could talk like Dr. Seuss at any time I want. Okay. It's very niche. Some people will hate it. Some people will like it. Yeah, I really like this one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did like this Sam I Am. I did like this comic <laughs> at 4 a.m. <laughs> I liked reading this comic by the door. I liked reading this comic in the store. <laughs> I could keep going. Okay, we're good. But thanks. I'm glad that you like this comic. Me too. Uh, so once again, thank you to Macy for coming on the show. Thank and you so much for sharing yeah. stuff. So much for talking about your zine. Yeah, go go check out No Nothing Zine and her page art space art Macy. Uh, mm -hmm. you want, if you want an individual issue, you pay for it that way, or join her Patreon. And you get for even cheaper than each individual would cost normally. Wait, what? Her Patreon, like it was two fifty for an issue, and nor an individual issue without the Patreon is three dollars. So, oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. No, nothing. Mag Space Art Macy. Okay. Save some money. Also, thank you to Sean and Steve for coming so on and talking about tales from the Fantastical Crimes Unit. Mm -hmm. The Epic Taverns comic book. Just, yeah, part of the Epic Tavern video game, which is already released as a beta. So you Yeah, can, beta is on Steam. Yeah, you could go try it on Steam. Mm -hmm. uh, it looked fun. It sounds yeah. really intricate from what... He was like saying yeah. he spent like what? Like four years writing stories for that yeah. game? He said like he's had many and many a story. Like he's done this too and he really worked hard on it. Yeah, so like... Yeah, it's like, man, this comic almost took four years to write. Like, technically, if he's been writing yeah. characters for that world for four years, then he's like four years well, in. Well, he also, <laughs> I mean, that also means those two that he's got 160 characters. He said he made 160 characters for the video game. No, no, no. That was just on that one page. Oh, it was just on that one page. Yeah. That was just on that spread. Oh, so he's got even more characters. Yeah, he like, said he had like thousands of characters or something. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. yeah, you can check that out if you're not out. doing anything. Cool. Where can uh, our listeners find us? Uh, they can find us on Instagram at Dumb Comic Creators. I don't usually do this part. Uh, mm -hmm. They can find us on Facebook 
I don't usually do this part. Okay, so I've taken over. Comic creators. They can do it on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at Dumb Comic Creators, YouTube.com slash Dumb Comic Creators. Go join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Dumb Comic Creators. <laughs> we'll also, never charge you. It will never charge you. It's apparently free <laughs> to join our Patreon. And there's we'll no updates, new, and we never uh, use it. And I've never used it. We, we'll revamp it again someday. Um, also, we have our own website, dumbcomicreators.com. If you ever want to reach us, ask us. Never updated. Never updated. Uh, I think we do update it though. The website. We'll start updating it again. Okay. Someday. Eventually. Yeah. Someday. Uh, uh, you can listen to us wherever you can find a podcast: Spotify, Apple Streams, the internet. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your mother. Tell your brother. Tell your sister. Tell your doggo. I don't know why you tell your doggo, but doggos like us. It's proven fact by the science. Maybe they'll telepathically tell another dog, and then that dog will turn on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Because Yeah. And his paws used to be like, and whenever it would, uh, they t- whenever the owner turns it off, they'll just start barking. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd they'll be, be like, this us. is like, you turn it off. That's rough. Yeah, that's rough. Nice. Uh, we're on Twitch. We stream on Twitch every week. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Dumb Comic Creators. Between 8 and 10 o'clock usually. Sometimes usually. Longer. Next week will be early. But they won't listen to this before. It, before yeah. So, so like, usually between... Uh, uh, usually we start at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 8 mm-hmm. p.m. Central. So, What time are we starting next week? Uh, we're starting at noon because I... Our guest next week is from Italy. Okay, cool. So 9 p.m. is like 4 a.m. there. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to, she asked if we could push early. Okay, I thought, it, okay. <laughs> Told you about this. I thought it was on the weekend though, that's why. It is, yeah, it's Sunday. Sunday, okay, never mind. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, of course we're good. Okay, you said Friday I thought for a second. No, no, I said Sunday. I mean oh. Sundays. All right, cool. We'll edit this out. Sorry. No, we won't. We're, <laughs> no, we won't. Keep, we're powering through. The theme music is playing. Nobody's listening. We're good. Good. Thank you so much. Yep, thanks. Bye. Bye.